0: Teachings that do not speak of pain have no meaning because humankind cannot gain anything without first giving something in return.
1: In alchemy, to obtain something, something of equal value must be lost. This is Equivalent Exchange.
0: Welcome to Equivalent Exchange, a podcast about Fullmetal Alchemists by Hiro Alkawa. I'm Kayla. I'm Ellen.
2: I'm Kazum.
0: <laughs> and today, guys, we made it. It's chapters yeah. we did. 107 and 108. Yeah, wow.
1: <laughs> it seems like so long ago that me
0: mm-hmm. and Kayla started
1: talking about this, and Cosm wasn't there. And then, Aww,
0: <laughs> I was there in heart. <laughs> yeah, you
1: were for sure. And then,
0: but then you were there. He was for there, real. lying awake, like I think someone's discussing Fomolakos. <laughs> <laughs> I won in on that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I only came here to capitalize on your success. Honestly, I don't even know, like the the <laughs> what success series. <laughs> 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 oh you oh gotta be hard
0: on yourself like it's that like you, you wanted to write on our tailcoats of moderate, moderate interest in our <laughs> podcast
1: <laughs> i guess you know what i would consider to be successful is that we had people who joined us for our first podcast and then stuck around for this one so that's mm-hmm. good
2: mm-hmm.
1: i think that's a success you know what was important it was the friends we made along the way just like sure full Metal alchemist <laughs> our friends of the soul yeah, our friends of the soul.
0: It's like, I consider every listener a friend of a my friend soul. A friend of the soul. Just so yes. you
1: know. Yes. <laughs> Listen, you're all our friends of the soul. And that's the extent of our
0: friendship. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't met them in person, so we can't be friends of the body. That's true. That's why we're friends mm. of the soul.
1: Yeah. Like, like we didn't have a corporal body at the end or whatever, <laughs> so... He just had a screaming soul void. <laughs> I really liked how he slapped Ling with the screaming soul void. I was like, oh wait, it's kind of corporal. It's a metaphorical slap. <laughs> <laughs> like a metaphorical bitch slap, is that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Any other good banter? <laughs> about our, that to have with our friends of the soul?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Considering nope. it very deeply. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, before we get uh, too deep into it, uh, this is our last chance reminder to yes. send in questions for our finale yes. episode. Yes. I don't know this how many episode... days they'll have, but, <laughs> but <laughs> oh, I'm be calculating. at least one.
1: <laughs> I'm doing the math, which you know is our strong suit. Yeah, <laughs> right it, comes out on... <laughs> yeah. it should come out on Saturday, and you would have until Thursday, the following Thursday too. Mm-hmm uh send us lots of days you guys have plenty of time it's like five days maybe it'll be september 8th Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then we'll yeah we're great at math remember that (laughs) so don't bother asking that question (laughs) (laughs) how many days is it until september 8th don't ask that question i mean i've i've figured out how to channel god's light but i still can't do math so i don't know what good cabal is doing me (laughs) You're sitting (laughs) there in the
0: Kabbalah classroom and you're like, we're never going to use this in the real world.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm out of banter. Are you ready to start talking about FMA?
0: Yeah. So yeah, for the last time, we'll do our usual summary recap and discussion. But before we start with that. I've read uh, Arakawa's uh, short author's notes that she has in front of all the volumes a couple of times before, I think during the first episode and then the uh, Ishval episode. So I'm going to read her final author's note this time. I've always tried my best to insert words of greeting and thanks into the character's dialogue in Fullmetal Alchemist. I truly believe that a simple greeting or giving thanks helps us appreciate the fact that we, as human beings, depend on the support of one another to live. And now, as this journey comes to an end, I'd like to say to everyone who is involved, see you around, and thank you very much. The chapter 107 opens with a short scene of Reza suffering from her recent massive blood loss. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Her vision blurs, and she lightly slaps her cheek to keep herself awake. She looks at Roy and remembers holding her gun on him during the Envy fight and telling him that she had no plans to go on living alone if she was forced to kill him and she scolds herself that the colonel hasn't given up despite everything that's happened to him, and she can't either. Back above ground, the shockwaves from Father's last attack blow out the windows of HQ and the command center and cause debris to rain down on the characters still making their way out of the hole into the lair. Alex Armstrong uses alchemy to form a large pillar to carry everyone up, but before greed hops on, he says that they need to leave behind anyone who can't fight and tries to order the worst injured and the normal humans to get off. This goes about as well as you might expect when it comes to Olivier, <laughs> and the two begin to argue about who's in charge here.
1: Olivier's not a normal human.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While they bicker, the brig soldiers up at HQ call in to report the massive damage Father just did with his attack. Greed uses this to back up his argument. Now do you see what you're up against with Father? On the outside, he's a scrawny runt like full metal, but inside, he's solid Philosopher's Stone, distilled from hundreds of thousands of human lives. To him, you humans are nothing but insects. He turns to Roy and Alex and finishes, As alchemists, you guys know exactly how dangerous that is, right? One of the brig soldiers steps up to Olivier. General, please, let's get off here, he says. She protests that they still have men up there fighting, and she needs to take command, but the communications officer steps forward and hands her the receiver. Her lead soldier in HQ tells her, We're Briggs soldiers, remember? We think as one, we fight to win, with or without the boss around, just like you trained us. I hear that you're injured, sir. Please stay there and rest. Olivier is silent for a moment. Then she turns to her brother and says, Alex, take the radio with you, and you had damn well better win. No need to tell me, he says, as they share a sibling sparkle, and he takes the radio.
1: <laughs> I enjoyed their sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: how you know they're bonding. Mm-hmm. Greed then has to deal with the next stubborn set, as Roy and Reese step forward, and he points out that they both very much fall under the injured category. <laughs> Roy is a little better able to argue his case, though. You need my help to burn through this guy's store of philosopher stones, right? Then I need the lieutenant to be my eyes. Greed isn't super happy about it, but the others point out that they need to hurry, and all the able fighters get onto the pillar so Alex can bring them up to the surface. The others watch them go, and Olivia lets out a sigh before turning around and catching sight of Bradley's body where it lies deeper in the room. So this is where he died, she remarks. Scar, unable to stand and barely keeping upright from all his injuries, explains that the Fuhrer was already covered with wounds when he arrived here. I don't know who delivered those blows, but without their help, I would surely have lost. Olivier remembers getting the news that Buccaneer delivered a fatal blow to Bradley before he died and frowns. She sits down on the ground with her back to his body and says, So, Bradley, my subordinate put up a real fight, didn't he? And then nearby, Scar finally succumbs to the blood loss and collapses. Back on the surface, things aren't looking great. The battlefield is a shattered mess, and our heroes have all been hurt pretty badly. May's leg is injured and caught under rubble, and she was only spared worse by Al jumping in front of the blast. This has caused a significant amount of damage to his armor, with his chest plate destroyed and his leg shattering when he tries to get up and walk. And worst of all, a large crack creeps ominously closer to his blood seal. Nearby, Ed pulls himself slowly to his feet, clutching at his badly damaged automail arm. He spots Izumi and rushes over to check on her. She's also in bad shape, but she says she's still alive because Hohenheim saved her at the last second. Ed looks up and sees Hohenheim, barely conscious, with his arms spread out protectively, his back scorched black from taking the brunt of Father's attack. Ed starts forward, but Father appears suddenly just behind Hohenheim, glaring furiously. He grabs Hohenheim by the head and flings him roughly away, then focuses his glare on Ed and Izumi. "'I'll start with two, he says, and begins drawing the soul energy out of them. A voice calls out, "'Fire!' and the remaining Briggs troops begin unloading their weapons into Father. He easily deflects it all, but it's enough of a distraction for Henschel and several others to rush in and pull Ed, Izumi, and Hohenheim out of there while the attack continues. They increase the firepower, bringing out rocket launchers and more, but it still doesn't seem to have any effect. But then some hopeful news comes over the radio, and one of the soldiers calls out, "'Hold your fire! Take cover! The flame alchemist is coming!' Well, the one panel of two brig soldiers, where one looks like terrified and one looks like thrilled. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: That's very, their people's opinion of Roy, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, the smiling, probably wasn't a Nishval, but probably the <laughs> other guy was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh man, this is going to be so cool. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is like, oh no.
0: <laughs> Roy arrives on the scene with a bang, as usual, as a wave of fire engulfs the battlefield, though it only grazes his father's protective bubble. Roy and Riza are supporting each other as they face this fight, and Roy asks her if he hit the target. She tells him how he needs to correct his aim, and he prepares to transmute again, complaining that he's not used to having to put his hands together first, now that his circles are destroyed and he's been through the portal. The next burst of fire hits true, but Father just gathers it all up into a ball and redirects it back at Roy. Riza calls out the incoming attack, and Roy quickly transmutes a rough wall from the ground to block it. This style of transmuting with both hands isn't so bad after all, he mm-hmm. concedes. In addition to Roy's fire, the Briggs troops also keep up the pressure, with Alex over the radio telling them to keep him using his Philosopher's Stone power on the defensive. He also joins in with his own alchemy, and Lanfond, Darius, and Zampano also attack from other angles. Meanwhile, Greed laughs with delight as he watches Father continuing to deflect every incoming attack. "'With power like that, I can make the whole world mine!' Ling scowls at him from within. "'Hey, Greed, is this what you meant when you said you wanted to become king of the world?' "'Of course,' Greed says. When I get my hands on godhood, the entire world will be mine. I might finally be able to fill up this emptiness inside me, the thirst that I've never been able to quench since the moment I was born. You're even more deluded than I thought, Greed, Ling cuts in. That's not what you really want. This seems to hit Greed hard, and he's silent for a moment, before gritting his teeth in a snarl as he lunges toward the battlefield. What do you know, you snot-nosed brat? I'm Greed, the insatiable. I take what I want, no matter what. Meanwhile, everyone else is still keeping up the assault and trying new ways to damage Father. Izumi encircles him with a series of dirt walls, which were casts fire into the middle of to basically roast him, but even that seems to have no effect. "'We need to do something about that barrier,' they cry in frustration. Father scoffs at all their efforts, saying that mere humans and their toys could never harm him. As if waiting specifically for that cue to make a good entrance, Greed jumps into the fight. "'If a human can't, then what about a homunculus?' He aims a punch at Father, and it seems to make contact but it turns out that Greed's fist is merged with Father's face, and Father grins in triumph. You're just in time, Greed, my dutiful son. I was looking for a new source of the stone. Yours will do just fine. Greed struggles for a moment, looking worried. But then he grins, too. Gotcha. I knew you'd be so hungry for a Philosopher's Stone that you'd drop your guard to let me through. And from behind, Ed comes leaping in, Automail fist reared back to strike. Father manages to throw up another barrier at the last second, and Ed's hand slams against it. Frustrated at this counter to even their surprise attack, Ed continues to push against it, straining to make contact. The energy of the barrier shears at his automail arm, and with the last pulse, fully shatters the machinery as he staggers back. He has a moment of despair that there's no use, but then he notices Father flinching with a shocked expression. "'Don't give up,' Ed tells himself urgently, and he strikes again with a kick that Father also blocks, but uses his arm instead of alchemy. Father tosses Ed away in a rage, but Hohenheim knows what this means. He's finally reached his limit, he can no longer contain the so-called God within himself. And sure enough, Father is beginning to visibly struggle against all that power. Void-like shadow seems to leak out of him as he rises in pain, eventually dropping to his hands and knees and screaming as a huge surge of energy pulses out of him, further tearing up the ground around him and sending everyone flying back. Still struggling, Father staggers to his feet, muttering that he needs a Philosopher's Stone. He zeroes in immediately on Ed, who is thrown back onto a broken pillar with an exposed piece of rebar impaling his upper arm and is now pinned in place. Al, also unable to move, panics as father approaches his brother, telling him to run. But no matter how Ed struggles, the rebar is embedded too deep, and he can do nothing to get free quickly enough without his other arm. Then something occurs to Al, and he calms down. May, I have a favor to ask you, he says. My brother sacrificed his right arm to pull my soul back from that place. If it's an equivalent exchange then it should be possible to reverse it. May's eyes widen in alarm as she starts to realize what he's getting at. Mr. Alphonse, what are you planning to do? I just need you to create a path for me. You can do that, right? May starts to protest, but he interrupts to say there's no more time, as the crack in his armor opens ever closer to his blood seal. Please, he begs her. You're the only one I can ask this favor of. Tears stream down May's face, but she closes her eyes, stealing herself. Father draws closer to Ed, reaching out to take his energy. Then, suddenly, May's knives fly in, striking and embedding themselves in the stone behind Ed, around his right shoulder. Ed looks at them in surprise, then across the battlefield to where May kneels beside Al, also encircled by a set of knives. Al slowly raises his arms as Ed looks on in growing horror. Al, what are you- No, no you can't! You better win, big brother, Al says. And while Ed screams for him to stop, he puts his hands together before bringing them down on his own body over the blood seal. The transmutation energy surges, and the light fades from Al's eyes. In the truth's void, Al stands before his body once again. Are you sure about this? It asks. I am. Now I'll just have faith in my big brother, Al says, and he reaches out to take his body's hand. The image of the armor fades away, and then there's just Al, human again, sitting opposite the truth in front of Ed's doors. So, I see you're all in one piece again, the truth says, as Ed's human arm begins to disintegrate off its body. Think he'll come back to get you? I have no doubt, Al says firmly. He'll come. The truth grins widely. What will he sacrifice this time? I can't wait to find out. Back in the real world, Ed's right arm, thin and atrophied from lack of use, but very much flesh and blood, has reappeared where it belongs. He looks over at it, eyes wide with shock, then over at Al's now lifeless armor body. He clenches his jaw, then shouts, you stupid brother, as he slams his hands together and brings them down to the ground, transmuting a pillar to knock Father away from him. His next transmutation tears the rebar from his arm and destroys it, and with a wordless, raging yell, he launches into an aggressive assault on Father. Spikes and pillars and fists of stone come from all angles, and every attack strikes true. Everyone else watching notices that he's finally starting to take damage, and they begin to shout encouragement, cheering Ed's name and urging him to keep fighting. Greed watches this all with a wide-eyed expression. All these people Ed knows, who he's helped and who have helped him. You've already realized the truth, haven't you, Greed? Ling says from within. What that thing has could never quench your insatiable thirst. Greed frowns, lightly clenching his fist. Fine, you're right. What I've wanted all this time was friends like these. And with those friends cheering him on, Ed delivers a hard punch to Father's face that sends him tumbling to the ground. Get up, you third-rate fraud, Ed commands. I'll show you there's no comparison between us. That's the end of chapter 107. Yeah! With a lovely callback to the very first enemy Ed fought in the series. Oh, yeah,
1: that's true.
0: (laughs) It's the exact thing he says to Father Cornello. With almost the exact pose, too.
1: (laughs) 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 Can you imagine Father Cornello tried to absorb God? He would've just, like, exploded right away. <laughs> just like, we wouldn't even be in this situation. <laughs> that seems like something he would do, though. Although, <laughs> didn't he just want to incite a riot for a power grab or something? I forget exactly what he wanted. He, uh, he I wanted, wanted, he, a, he wanted uh, an army. Yeah, he yes. wanted an army of people
0: who don't fear death. Mm.
1: Oh, hey, sounds yeah. familiar. <laughs> a preview of next time, perhaps? Yeah. <laughs> All my books are packed, so I can't do any research. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, wait. No, by then I'll have moved, so I could unpack them if I can find them fast enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, I need the FMA box. I need it.
0: Chapter 108 opens, finally, with Father getting the shit beat out of him. Yeah. Like he it's so mm-hmm. good.
1: Mm-hmm. I like that it's just, in the end, it's Ed punching him in the face. For the yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: "'Why?' he thinks to himself. "'Why is this happening to me, the bearer of godhood? "'Why am I being forced to endure these attacks "'from a mere human alchemist's fists?' "'Cause you suck.'" Yeah. <laughs> Can we just heckle the whole rest of the fight? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he falls to the ground again as Ed hits him with another hard punch, and the energy within him bulges his body out as he fights to keep it contained. He lets out another shout and surge of power. Then lunges desperately toward greed, embedding his fist into his chest. Give me the stone, father grits out as he starts to pull it from Ling's body. Within him, the presence of greed and the souls of the stone are getting sucked up and away, and Ling grabs for greed to try and hold him back. Greed tells him to let go so he doesn't get pulled in too, but Ling refuses. If I'm going to become emperor, I need you to stick around. Don't you get it? I was born a father, Greed explains. The force that's pulling me towards him is stronger than the one keeping me in your body. There's nothing I can do. Still, Ling refuses to let go, shouting for greed to hang on, even as he realizes that he really is being pulled in as well. Greed lets out a little laugh. It's quite a step down from King of the World, but I guess being the Emperor of Sheen doesn't sound too bad. Let's fight him together, partner. Ling smiles and eagerly starts to agree to that, but greed takes advantage of him letting his guard down to strike out at him, making him lose his grip and let go. This is where we say goodbye, Greed says. There's no point in you being absorbed by Father too." Ling gapes at him in shock. What? Stop! I won't let you trick me into ending it like this, Greed. You said you wanted me to fight alongside you. I thought you lived by your word. Greed laughs again. You fool. That was my first and last lie. If you're going to be emperor, try not to be so gullible. Lanfon has the Philosopher's Stone. Take that and go back to your country, brat. Back outside, Greed uses his last moments in control to call for Lanfan, who immediately jumps in to sever Father's arm and break the connection. "'See you around,' Greed says, as he leaves Ling's body. Ling staggers back in shock as he's thrust back into the driver's seat, and he stares down at his hand as the Ouroboros symbol fades away. Father, meanwhile, is getting a lot more than he bargained for in taking Greed back into his body, as Greed immediately launches into sabotage. ''Greed, why do you defy your own father?'' he shouts, outraged. Greed laughs at his delayed teenage rebellion, and then begins to use his own powers against father. ''When you made me, you gave me the power to transform carbon. Let's see how you like having a body of... Let's see how you like having a body of brittle charcoal.'' Father's leg turns black and then snaps at the ankle, sending him stumbling. ''You little schemer,'' he shouts, then bites down on Greed's soul form within his mouth. ''Disappear, Greed.'' Greed's presence begins to fade, and he laments, "'Oh, damn. I guess this is the end.'" Ling shouts for him, and Greed looks over to see him, Ed, and Lanfon watching him fade with distraught expressions. Greed scoffs. "'Don't look at me like that, you snot-nosed brats.'" Sheesh. Neither Ling nor the runty alchemist ever treated me with the respect I deserved. He remembers Ling shouting that friends are bound to each other by their souls, and Ed offering to be allies after he broke from the other homunculi. "'It's more than enough,' he decides." I'm finally satisfied. I don't want anything else. He has one last quiet laugh and says, See you around, my friends of the soul.
2: Goodbye, friend of my soul.
1: (laughs) Was it greed that you loved all along, Cosm?
2: I guess it was. (laughs) I guess Ling was all the greeds we made along the way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like shounen logic to me.
0: That's the that's the true thesis statement of full knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> <Ling. laughs>
1: greed was all the lings we made along the way? Or ling was all the greeds we made along the way? I, forgot, I already forgot what you just said. <laughs> Could be both, depending on your perspective. Yeah, true. <laughs> One man's ling is another man's greed. <laughs> that's what the old saying is, right? <laughs> I'm
0: trying to think of a more stupid saying is to insert them into <laughs> like. A greed saved as time. Time and ling melt the greed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> lings of a feather, no lings of. <laughs> greeds of a ling flock together. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Linging two greeds with one stone.
0: <laughs> I like that. Yeah. With father still reeling from greed's rebellion, Ed lunges forward and drives his fist right through his now brittle body, leaving a huge hole in his chest. "'Release the people of Xerxes, and go back to where you came from, dwarf in the flask,' Ed snarls. From the hole in his chest, shadowy hands lurch out and grasp at Father's body, and pull him in, folding him in on himself with a series of horrifying cracking sounds, until, finally, he disappears into nothing. Then he reappears, in his original amorphous homunculus form, in an endless white void before a huge set of doors. "'Why? Why won't you become mine, God?' he asks, staring up at the doors." A voice from behind says, because you never believed in yourself. The homunculus turns and sees his opposite, a pure white formless mass. You thought you could make God's power your own? Don't make me laugh, it continues. You think stealing something powerful makes you great? You're nothing but a cunning thief. You should have stayed satisfied inside the flask where you belong. All you've ever done is use the strength of others to grab at godhood. You haven't grown at all. The homunculus glares at this figure. I wanted to become a perfect being, I wanted to understand God. I wanted to know everything about this world. So why do you oppose me? Who are you? And of course, we all know the answer to that question. I am what humans call the world, or the universe, or God, or truth, or all, or one. And I am you. You called truth the arbiter of order who keeps men in their place. That's what you said, wasn't it? And so, just as you said, I'm going to show you your proper place." The truth grins widely as the doors begin to open, and the homunculus panics as the shadows creep out. "'Stop! I don't want to go back! I don't want to be imprisoned there again! No!' But the shadowy hands lash out and grab hold of the homunculus, dragging him back through the doors even as he screams and fights. They close behind him with a final, ominous sound, leaving silence and the truth behind. The truth brings despair to those who dare reach above their station. This is the end you wished for. Back in the real world, a different kind of despair settles over the now-quiet battlefield. Ed and May both kneel beside the remains of Al's armor, as others slowly begin to approach. Roy asks what happened, and if they won, and Risa tells him that they did. But Alphonse hasn't come back from the other side. May sobs hysterically, repeating, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and Ed almost numbly tells her that it's not her fault. It was Al's choice. Ling hurries over, saying that they have something to pay the toll with, and offering up the Philosopher's Stone Lonfon had retrieved. Use this to bring Al back. Ed looks startled, then grits his teeth in frustration, shaking as he says that he can't, because he and Al swore to each other that they wouldn't use the Philosopher's Stone to get their bodies back. Alex tears up as he watches this, and he turns to Roy to ask if there really isn't anything that can be done. Roy explains the whole concept of the toll required to open the portal, and how big a sacrifice must be needed to retrieve an entire human being. You don't think Edward is planning to sacrifice himself? Reza starts to ask, but Roy doesn't think so. He's already experienced the terror and despair of being left behind, alone. He would never subject Alphonse to that. Ed continues to stare ahead. There must be a way, he thinks. There has to be. Think, think, think. Don't stop thinking. Supported by Izumi, Hohenheim staggers toward him. Edward, use my life to get Alphonse back, he says to Ed's shock. There's exactly one life left in me. My own. You idiot, I can't do that, Ed snaps. It was our fault we lost our bodies. How many times do I have to say it? I won't use another person's life to fix our mistake. What gives you the right to sacrifice your life for us? Hohenheim has a very simple answer to that. Because I'm your father. It's not a matter of logic. You boys mean more to me than anything in this world. I want you two to be happy. The two of you had no one to turn to when Trisha died. It was loneliness that drove you to try and resurrect her. So you see, it's my fault that you ended up with those bodies. I was the one who was never around. I'm sorry. I've lived too long already. If this is the end, at least let me do one fatherly thing. Ed stares at him, speechless. Then, with tears beginning to run from his eyes, he shouts, Stop talking nonsense! You're useless, Dad! And don't ever bring it up again or I'll kick your ass! Hohenheim smiles and lets out a quiet laugh. You finally called me Dad. Ed wipes the tears from his face and finally looks up at everyone gathered around and looking so saddened by the situation. May, you really are broken up about Al, aren't you? Mr. Gori and Zampano, you chimeras got suckered into all this, but you stuck with us till the end. Everyone from Briggs, you're not the friendliest bunch, but we couldn't have made it without you. The Major's crying again. Ling and Lanfan you have your own country to worry about, yet you told me to use your philosopher's stone. You guys are too nice. Teacher, I can't remember how many times you scolded me. The Colonel and Lieutenant? He trails off for a moment, remembering Riza telling him that there are a lot of people waiting for him and Al to get their bodies back, and Roy first offering them the opportunity to get up and do something about it after their failed transmutation. He looks back at Al's armor and thinks, That's right. We said we'd never give up, and they believed in us. It's going to be okay. I can do it. Ed stands up and picks up a broken piece of pipe out of all the debris, and he asks May to step back. With that done, he begins to carefully etch something out in the dirt, and in the end, Ed is standing at the center of a human transmutation circle. I gotta go, he says, raising his hands as everyone looks on in shock. The Full Metal Alchemist is going to perform his last transmutation. He puts his hands together and activates the circle. And a moment later, he appears in the Truth Void once again. So you're here to get your brother back, the Truth greets him. But how will you bring back an entire human being? What about the toll? Will you offer your own body as payment? But Ed ignores this taunting and strides right past the truth to stand in front of the large stone doors. The toll is right here, he says with a smile, and it's a big one too. The portal of truth exists within all humans. It's what gives all people the potential to use alchemy, the truth explains. Will you really fall to the level of an ordinary human unable to use alchemy? Fall to their level? Ed repeats thoughtfully. I've never been anything but an ordinary human. I'm nothing but a hopeless human being who couldn't even save one little girl who was turned into a chimera. Ever since I saw this thing called Truth, I got suckered in by its power. I became overconfident, making mistake after mistake. It was a wild ride, all right. Are you sure you can manage without it? The Truth asks, and Ed grins. Even without alchemy, I'll still have all my friends. And the Truth smiles, for the first time looking genuinely happy. That's the correct answer, alchemist. You've beaten me. Take him. All of him. Ed puts his hands together and places them on the doors, and they rapidly begin to fade away, along with the truth. Before fully disappearing, the truth points and says, The back door is over there. Ed turns to see Al, fully human, sitting in front of his own doors. There you are, you reckless fool, he says, striding over to him and holding out his hand. I'm here to get you, Al. Ed helps his brother to his feet and supports him as they turn to face the opening doors. Let's go home, he says. Everybody's waiting for us. Back in the real world, it takes a moment for Al to come too, and when he does, he stares for a moment at all the faces crowding eagerly around him. May, naturally, is the first one to jump at him, crying as she shouts, Mr. Alphonse, and throws her arms around his neck. Al startles, then apologizes, noticing her tears. I'm sorry, I know I put you through a lot. Then Hohenheim approaches, extending his hand with a smile and saying, Welcome back. Al smiles back and shakes his hand then remarks on the weirdness of actually feeling things again after so long. (laughs) It's like a jolt of electricity went through my body, straight to my brain. It's warm. From the other end of the field, Sig comes running up, calling Izumi's name. Izumi points to Al with a smile, and after a moment of surprise, Sig scoops him up in a big hug, weeping as he cries out, I'm so happy for you! Thank goodness! (laughs) It's cute. (laughs) It's very cute. Hohenheim looks on as all these happy celebrations continue, then quietly slips away into the crowd. Post-battle recovery efforts begin all around, and Olivier approaches as her troops start helping injured parties and recovering bodies. She calls out to her brother and asks if it's over. He confirms that it is, and says that means she should get to a hospital now, but Olivier dismisses that suggestion. Not yet. There are plenty of others with injuries much worse than mine. He then asks if she isn't going to go and see Captain Buccaneer one last time, and she says, Buccaneer isn't the only one that died. Countless good men are still buried beneath the rubble. We need to get them out, too. Alex, obviously touched, offers to help. They discuss the need to collect Bradley's body as well, and then Alex asks, By the way, where's Scar? Wasn't he with you? No idea, Olivier says. Most likely he was trapped in the collapsing rubble. But as she says this, a pair of brig soldiers cart away a very familiar-looking injured man with his face covered on a stretcher. <laughs> Some time passes, and the radio station begins to disseminate their version of events that soldiers led by Major General Armstrong and Colonel Mustang infiltrated military high command and discovered that top officers, led by Generals Clemens and Edison, and completely without the Fuhrer's knowledge, were conducting horrific alchemical experiments involving human sacrifice. The soldiers quickly took control of the situation, but tragically, both Fuhrer Bradley and his son Salem lost their lives in the conflict. While this news airs, we see Ed bringing the reduced form of pride to Mrs. Bradley, who weeps over the thing she knew as her son. Elsewhere, Risa is finally getting some actual medical attention, and Rebecca pops by to check on her and give her some more details of the radio story in its aftermath. They made sure to clarify that Riza, as technically still one of the Fuhrer's aides, was uninvolved in the conspiracy. They expect there to be more trouble in keeping Briggs troops' names clean, though, as they killed a lot of Central soldiers and were seen directly engaging the Fuhrer in combat. Rebecca asks where the colonel is, and Riza, with a despairing look, begins to explain what happened to his eyes. Roy himself sits in another medical tent with his head down, Everyone's favorite Grump, Dr. Knox, enters, and is surprised (laughs) to see him. He's my favorite Grump, anyway.
1: Yay! Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's definitely everyone's favorite Grump, you're right.
0: (laughs) He says that things are pretty crazy right now, and asks if Roy is hurt, too. Roy explains about his lost eyesight and how it happened. I would give up my own portal to undo the damage the way Full Metal did, but if I do that, then I won't have any way to get back. Knox, upset, begins to point out that blind soldiers are discharged, which means the end of Roy's rank-rising ambitions. But Roy cuts him off, saying that he'll let Grumman become fearer, Fuhrer, and that it's a good choice. "'There's plenty I can do for this country, even without my eyesight,' he says, forcing a smile. Knox stares at him for a moment, then mentions that he bumped into someone interesting on his way over here, and calls for someone to enter. "'It's Dr. Marco!'
3: "'Yay!'
0: <laughs> Marco says that he overheard the conversation, and he reaches into his coat to take out the Philosopher's Stone that he used in the fight against Pride and Kimberley. "'You can use it to pay the toll and get your eyesight back, can't you?' he says." Roy, shocked, starts to respond, but Marco interrupts, having more to say. Wait. I'll give this to you on one condition. Our plan would not have succeeded without the cooperation of the Ishvalan people. Colonel Mustang, I want you to undo the current Ishvalan policy. Lift the blockade around Ishval, and allow the Ishvalan refugees in the slums to return to their holy land. And, let me go too, to live and work there as a doctor. Roy's expression grows solemn. He remembers Kimberly during the war, telling him to look squarely at the death he causes and to never forget. And he bows his head. That's right. You're also a veteran of that bloody war. He reaches out to shake Marco's hand firmly. I give you my word. I will do everything in my power to create a new Ishvalan policy. With that settled, he turns to Major Armstrong, standing nearby. I need you to deliver a message. It's going to get busy again. Follow my lead. Tell that to my subordinates. Nearby, Lanfon watches this exchange, and she catches sight of Dr. Knox. She remembers the doctor talking about the Ishvalan War, and then telling her and Mei not to fight, because he's tired of seeing kids killing each other. She turns to look at Ling, who is sitting on a piece of rubble beside Fu's covered body, staring at the Philosopher's Stone in his hand. She approaches him and kneels. My prince, I have a request to ask of you, she says. When you become emperor, please do not punish the rival families. Sure thing, he says immediately, much to her surprise. He stands and adds, I know what you're trying to say, I get it. Before walking over to where May is still sitting beside Al and Ed. Hey Chang girl, you sure are an idiot, he says, crouching down in front of her. You got caught up in another country's fight and didn't even get a Philosopher's Stone for your troubles. The throne belongs to the Yao family now. May looks down, tears welling in her eyes, but Lin continues, but don't worry. The Yao family will take full responsibility for the safety of your clan. I accepted the homunculus greed within my body, didn't I? Of course I'll accept the Chang family, and all the other families, too. Mei makes an annoyed face, which confuses Ling, and he assures her that he'll keep his promises. But Mei has a different complaint. All the other families. Now you're being greedy, Ling Yao. (laughs) Ling sheepishly rubs at the back of his head. What can I say? I guess he rubbed off on me. He then picks Mei right up and tucks her under one arm, which he of course protests. But he says that her leg is hurt, and she shouldn't push herself. It's time to go home. Back to our country. L'enfant smiles and kneels down by her grandfather, taking his hand. We're going home, grandfather. To Sheen. Ed, who of course didn't understand a word of this exchange, asks if they're leaving. And Ling cheerfully waves and says, yep, we're illegal immigrants, remember? Gotta leave before things get too sticky. <laughs> so he, Ed, and Al all share a manly bro fist pump and say their goodbyes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> After they leave, Ed flops down on the ground beside Al. "'Oh man, I'm starving. Let's eat, Al,' he says, and then... "'Huh? By the way, where's that idiot father of ours?' Al says that he saw him borrowing money from one of the brig soldiers earlier, and Ed wonders what the hell he's up to now. What he's up to is finally heading home. Panako is bringing flowers to the cemetery in Resinbull when she spots him kneeling in front of Trisha's grave. "'Hohenheim, you came back!' she cries in surprise. She hurries over, but then stops short as she realizes what's happened. She looks at him sadly for a moment, then gives a small smile. You old fool. You died with a smile on your face. And we get a brief glimpse into Hohenheim's final thoughts. I used to think that living longer than other people was just a burden. But when I met you, Tricia, and the kids, I was so grateful to be alive. I've had a full life. Now it's time to let go. Damn it all, I don't really want to die. Meanwhile, someone else is dealing with their own conflicted feelings about their own death, as Scar, still recovering from all his injuries, wakes up inside the Armstrong Manor with a scowl on his face. (laughs) So I've been kept alive again. First the Rockbells, now you. Why won't you Amestrians just let me die? Olivia tells him that she can't speak for the Rockbells, but she kept him alive because she thought he might be useful. If they find out that you let me live, won't you be court-martialed? he asks. And Olivier says, again, very casually, that she's gotten away with much worse.
1: <laughs> but
0: we'll never know what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's apparently worse than letting a uh, wanted serial killer to live. <laughs> I forgot about that.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, she did kill um, General Raven Rosen or whatever, right? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true.
2: She partook in a sedition, right?
0: Yep.
1: That's also true.
0: She continues to explain, I let you live because I thought my men could learn from your alkahestry, but circumstances have changed. Mustang has asked me to lend him miles to help with the new Ishvalan policy. She gestures to Major Miles, standing beside her, and he goes on to say, Yes, and I had the idea of bringing you along. Will you return to Ishval and help in the revival of the Ishvalan religion? Of course, you'll have to erase your entire past. We cannot allow our cultural and religious heritage to die out the death of a culture is the death of a people save your people from extinction with your own hands scar's eyes widen and he looks down at his hands for whatever reason someone up there wants me to live he says clenching his fist maybe now i'll find out what that reason is my brother he stands up and asks will you take me with you to Ishval, miles and miles smiles and says yes Olivia takes a moment to enjoy the thought of how freaked out Roy will be when he learns Scar is still alive. (laughs) Then turns and asks Scar what his real name is. Scar stares out the window as he says, I've died twice already. I don't exist in this world. He turns and smiles. I don't need a name. Call me whatever you like. I think might be the only time he smiles in the entire series. (laughs) Yeah, look at him. He doesn't even know how to do it. (laughs) Yeah, it shows. It's like, I can't remember how to move
1: my mouth in this way. How? Which way do the corners go?
2: <laughs>
1: it's like the time we tried to teach Cosmo how to frown.
2: <laughs> I've gotten better. That's good. Wait, have I?
1: I, I don't I, know. I haven't I'm seen your face in like a year and a half, so I don't know. Browning on command
2: is hard. Okay. <laughs> okay? Okay. Who's Have you
3: you to we, I to We I
1: don't remember how this how this came up, but <laughs> we, we, I couldn't we frown. Cosm. Yeah, we watched Cosm try to frown and he like couldn't do it. It was crazy. I've never seen a person not be able to frown. <laughs> we were like, no, 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 use the core no, no, use like, the, <laughs> the muscles on your chin. We were like coaching him.
3: Yeah.
1: We were like, that's kind of right. It kind of looked like Scar's smile. <laughs> It <laughs> reminds me of this. <laughs> Is this too much personal information for the, nah. for the podcast? You don't know how to frown?
0: <laughs> like, know. please cut all of this.
2: <laughs> Shows how much I've grown as a man.
1: Uh-huh. Real men know how to frown. Real men know how to frown deeply. <laughs>
2: Maybe that'll be my birthday present to you.
1: I was going to say, you're about to turn 30, you need to figure out how to frown. <laughs> There's important milestones, stones that a person has to go through in their life, like learning how to ride a bike, or I don't know, before losing, losing, yeah, losing their teeth and learning how to frown before they're 30.
0: <laughs> anyway. A little later, Al recovered enough that the Elric brothers are finally able to make their way home. Though Al is using a crutch to support himself and still tires easily, with his muzzle so out of shape from disuse. They pause on the side of the road for Al to rest, and Ed offers to carry him the rest of the way, but Al smiles and refuses. I'll walk home on my own legs. He then offers to let Ed go on ahead while he makes his own way back, but Ed refuses that in the same way. We left home together, and we'll go home together. So they make their way together all the way to the Bell residence, where Den is snoozing outside. The dog perks up at their arrival and seems confused by Al's presence, until he says, Den, it's me! Then she starts barking like crazy and jumping up at him in excitement. Inside, Winry hears the commotion and steps out to see what's going on. She stops short on the porch when she sees the boys in front of her. Hey, Winry, Ed says, waving deliberately with his right hand. We're home, they both say. Winry starts to scold them for not calling ahead before visiting. But you can't keep that up for even a full sentence, before the happy tears start to well in her <laughs> eyes. She runs across the yard and jumps to throw her arms around them. And all three go tumbling to the ground in a happy, laughing hug pile. Welcome home. And I'm not crying, you're crying. You know, I know,
1: right? <laughs> if there's one thing we do
0: on this podcast, it's not cry while you cry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Sometime later, and the boys are still in the radio in Panako's workshop announces Brigadier General Mustang's Ishval policy being set into motion, which involves cooperation with Emperor Lin Yao of Xin to further trade between all three regions. Outside, Ed is working to fix up the roof. He misses with the hammer and hurts his finger, and he complains that he's never going to get the hang of this. He looks at his hands with a thoughtful expression, then puts them together and down against the roof. Nothing happens, and he rubs at the back of his head. Figured it wouldn't work, he says. If I could still use alchemy, I wouldn't even need to climb up here to fix this roof. But he looks out over the edge of the roof, over the rolling green fields of Risenbull, the distant mountains, the bright blue sky, and he smiles. Well, I guess hard work isn't always such a bad thing. Still working on the roof, big brother? Al asks, poking his head over the top of the ladder. Winry says the apple pie is done, so let's have some with tea. He then turns his head and takes in the same scenic vista that Ed was just admiring. Wow. I never knew how great the view is from up here. It's a big world, isn't it? They both enjoy the view in silence for a moment. Then Al's expression grows serious. Big brother, there's something I've been thinking about for a long time. Ed smiles. I'm probably thinking about the same thing. From there we transition to a large house, where the now Fuhrer Grumman is paying a visit to Mrs. Bradley. They comment on it being two years since that day, and how the time has flown, and Mrs. Bradley asks how things are at the Capitol. The mountain of problems has made me old very quickly, Grumman says, but he adds that with Mustang in the east and Armstrong in the north doing such fine work that he's managing being Fuhrer all right. You're not thinking of an early retirement, Mrs. Bradley teases, and Grumman grins. I won't be handing the reins to that youngster for a long time yet. They continue to chat for a bit, until a voice calls out, Mommy, Mommy, and a little boy comes trotting over. Yes, Salem, what's wrong, Mrs. Bradley asks. And it does appear to be Salem, though younger than we've seen him, and with an odd mark on his forehead. He's cradling a little bird in his hands, and there are tears in his eyes as he tells Mrs. Bradley how the bird is hurt, and asks if she can fix him. Mrs. Bradley smiles and pats him on the head, telling him to just hold the bird gently while the butler gets some bandages, and she's sure it will be all right. He's grown to be such a gentle child, Garmin remarks, and Mrs. Bradley agrees. When I decided to raise this child, everyone was against it. But he's given me no trouble at all. Nevertheless, I'll continue to keep an eye on him, Grumman says, standing up and putting on his hat. If he should show any signs of abnormality, you do understand. I won't let that happen, Mrs. Bradley says firmly. Don't worry. Salem politely waves to Grumman as he leaves, and Grumman waves back. Homunculi and humans, is it possible that the two can truly coexist? He thinks to himself. No matter how old I get, new possibilities never cease to excite me. Over in Central, Al is paying a visit to Gracia and Alicia Hughes. Oh, so Edward's left leg is still the way it was before? Gracia asks. Al confirms that it is and says, He said that he doesn't mind keeping his automail leg because it serves as a reminder of the past. He's not going to try and change it back. He also said, If I get rid of this, Winry will kill me. <laughs> Gracia laughs at that, then says, I'm so happy you have your real body back, Alphonse. My husband would be so happy. My brother and I met so many wonderful people on our journey, people like Mr. Hughes, Al says. I've come to realize how much happiness they brought us, even if we didn't see it at the time. That's why I feel that now it's our turn to try and give back some of that happiness. Like the equivalent exchange that the alchemists talk about, Gracious says, but Al says that they're trying something different. If we receive 10 and only give 10 back, then it's a zero-sum gain. Instead, if we receive 10, we'll add our own 1 to it and give 11 in return. He smiles a bit sheepishly. It's a new rule that we've come up with to counter the law of equivalent exchange. We haven't proven it can work yet, but we're trying. Gracia notes that he seems very driven, and asks what it is that keeps him going. Al glances over at Alicia, then solemnly says, There was a little girl who we weren't able to save. We haven't been able to forget about her ever since. Elsewhere in town, Jersu and Zampana are waiting in a little cafe, and discussing ideas on how to get their original bodies back. Inspired by father's horrible soul transmutation, Gerso suggests somehow removing the soul and keeping it in a safe place while the human and animal parts of the body are separated. Then the soul should naturally be drawn to the human body. Zampano points out the issue of keeping the spirit attached so the soul can get back, and Gerso says that that's why they need to get out in the world and find a way to do it. Al arrives at this moment and joins them at their table. He talks about how he and Ed had split duties on going around to see and thank everyone who helped them on their journey, and he finished up his share of the greetings today. Which means Al is going to head to Sheen to study alchemy now, and then as much of the and then to as much of the rest of the East as possible. I want to travel the world on my own feet, and see it with my own eyes, he says. He then asks if Jerso and Zampano are really coming with him, and they say, Of course. They've got to put in the work to try and get their own bodies back and never give up, just like Al did. Plus they may not know much about alchemy, but they make great bodyguards. Al laughs and says he can't refuse in that case. They leave the cafe, and the Khmeras ask if Ed isn't going with them to Sheen, and Al explains that Ed's automail leg makes crossing the desert a big deal, so he'll be traveling the western regions instead. And once we pull what we learn from east and west together, maybe we'll find a way to help the people of this world who are suffering because of alchemy. Meanwhile, back in Rezambul, Ed is preparing to head out on his travels. He and Winry sit at the train station, and Winry ticks off a list of maintenance advice for keeping his automail in good shape, which Ed is clearly only half listening to. The whistle of the approaching train sounds, and Ed jumps eagerly to his feet. It's so exciting, he says with a wide grin. I can't wait to find out what secrets are waiting for me in the West. Winry smiles at him fondly. Don't get too excited, or you'll wind up breaking your automail and having to crawl back for repairs. They do a little friendly bickering over this, and then Winry tells him to be sure to book an appointment before coming in for repairs. Ed agrees with the wave and starts to head toward the train, but something about that word seems to remind him of something, and he stops. An appointment, huh? He mumbles to himself, then turns back around. Winry. Uh, I was just thinking. Uh, about an appointment. Or more like a promise. Between us, you know. Winry frowns in confusion and tells him to just say what he means. Ed hesitates for a moment, then says, In equivalent exchange, I'll give you half of my life, so you give me half of yours. Winry stares at him for a moment while he blushes in grumpy embarrassment. Then her eyes widen as his meaning clicks, and she slumps against the side of the trade in exasperation. (laughs) For the love of, why are alchemists always like that? (laughs) Honestly, the law of equivalent exchange? Are you really that big of a moron? Ed sputters for a moment, but then Winry goes on to say, You really are an idiot. I'll give you more than half. I'll give you all of it. Ed's jaw drops in surprise, and Winry suddenly blushes in realization of what she just said, and hilariously tries to backpedal and pick an appropriate percentage of her life to promise. (laughs) 90 or 80? 70 is too low, but maybe 85? (laughs) It's two dorks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ed gapes at her for a moment, then begins laughing uproariously. Winry asks what's so funny, and Ed, still laughing, says, Sorry, sorry, you really are amazing. Turning the law of equivalent exchange on its head is easy for you. Winry asks if he's making fun of her, but he promises he's not. He puts his hand on top of her head affectionately, then pulls her into a hug. You cheered me up. Thanks, he says, and then... I gotta go." Winry returns the hug, holding him tight. Okay. Be safe. He boards the train and it pulls away, and the station worker steps out to note that first owl left and now it's Ed. I'll never understand why those Elric boys can't stay in one place. Those two are just fine the way they are, Winry says, smiling. After all, there's nothing more boring than a man who stays still. And a page flip brings us to our ending montage. A stack of photographs depicting our characters moving forward, Roy and Riza continuing to climb the ranks, Ling on the Emperor's throne with Lan Phan still on guard beside him, Scar and Miles and Ishval it going through physical therapy to walk again. And most prominently is a happy family photo featuring Ed and Winry and their two young children alongside Al and May. And over it all is the narration, a lesson without pain is meaningless, because gaining anything worthwhile requires sacrifice. But if you can overcome that pain and achieve your goal, you can achieve a full metal heart, and that's irreplaceable. And then the very last image of the series is a photo of Ed smiling as he boards the train, and that's the end of Full Metal Alchemist. Wow. <laughs> I'm not screaming.
1: I mean, you're <laughs> screaming, huh? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> they are long. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But they were really good. Mm-hmm. So good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also um, a little bonus chapter called Another Journey's End. Uh, Chapter 108 was called Journey's End. (laughs)
3: Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. Which uh, takes place during the time uh, Ed and Al are still in Risenbull And it involves uh, Al getting his armor shipped back home and asking Winry to make automail from it so that it can continue to help people. And Den steals the head and it winds Mm -hmm. up being a nest for birds. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's cute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there's a couple pages toward the end of the volume that shows sort of a afterlife reunion between Hohenheim and trisha which is cute. Mm. It's also cute.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't cry. you cried. I mean
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's very sweet. The whole end is very mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah. Of how much time is dedicated to, like, like aftermath stuff? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like the final battle only lasts a little bit into the last chapter and then it's yeah. like what happens to all the characters afterward mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and I like even the ones that don't
1: like get focused They still you see what happened to them in the, the photos and the last page
0: mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. Like, yeah. um, like and like Roy and like Yoki and the other chimeras joining the circus yes <laughs> <laughs> so that and I laughed I was like
1: yes <laughs> this is great <laughs> but even like I was like, did Roy get his eyesight back the first time they saw it? But it's like, yeah, he's like Brigadier General now, so mm-hmm. he must have. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think his rank in the um the final photo is like uh general, which is the highest rank below Fuhrer. Ooh.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was good.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow, what a good ride, guys. That was a good time.
2: Yeah. hmm Yeah.
0: I love this ending so much. I feel like it's really hard to stick the landing on like anything. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I had a lot of concerns at the end of the last
1: couple of tra- like less chapters before this because like some things were resolved, but a lot of things weren't. I was like, "What's gonna happen to Greed? What's gonna happen to Roy? Like, mm-hmm. are you gonna get father? What's gonna happen?" And all of my questions were answered. And also Scar, yeah. like, what happened to Scar? Mm-hmm. And little 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 Salem oh. Bradley. <laughs>
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So I was pleased, and even our like chimera friends, mm-hmm. I like how they're yeah. like, "Yo, dude, if you split the soul, you first you split the soul, then you split the bodies." Like, obviously, <laughs> nothing can yeah. go wrong. I was like, "Oh, that's not gonna happen
0: <laughs> like that." <laughs> yeah, their theory, their theory is based in zero chemical knowledge. <laughs> 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 like how they've just attached themselves to Al. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah
1: exactly mm-hmm. i mean that's how they they drew people to them all that time so mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: oh and i liked the the way the ending actually like directly returns to the the thing set out in the first episode that um like kind of like what it means to sacrifice something to gain something in return mm-hmm. really yeah mm-hmm. yeah the book end of that narration is really good yeah it was yeah. good Mm-hmm. And in truth, it was the friends they made along the way that mattered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Even the truth thought so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and also, this is uh, just random, but I liked the, the chapter cover for 107 where the, all the characters are, like, fist-bumping. Mm-hmm. That was great, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody's there. Mm-hmm.
0: I love how, like, some characters that have, like, more identifiable, like, hands are, like, off-page, mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. Like, you have, like, just, like, Buccaneer's chainsaw arm, like, sticking out mm-hmm. of the page and, like, Hughes' hand with Alicia's photo sticking into the page. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah, Havoc really with cute. a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, who's the cigarette? Oh, okay, yeah. It <laughs> yeah. <Havoc. laughs> yeah. I said this, I think, while we were while we were uh, doing the summary, but I really like that all this came down to, like, Ed just straight up punching father.
3: Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. at the end, I
1: was like, this is the best. The, yeah. literally the best outcome it could possibly have been there was no extra mm-hmm. magic there was extra mm-hmm. magic to uh, get Al get out back but like mm-hmm. to defeat the final enemy although it required was a lot of punching which was yeah. really great yeah. <laughs> yeah. just throwing fisty cuffs
0: yeah. that's like how it's like like the punching itself is like pretty realistic because like all the strongest blows are delivered with Ed's left hand because his mm-hmm. right hand is mm-hmm. all His trouble. scrawny
1: arm! Yeah. I love yeah. his scrawny arm. It's such a great mm-hmm. detail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: How he's still got like bits of like the metal of his mail that's like, yes. sticking out of like his shoulder and stuff. And
1: Even in the end, there's like him like a scar of... on
0: the shoulder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can see him kind of like holding his shoulder at one point. Like it's obviously painful. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. 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 no, he's not used to using it. Yeah. But yeah, I loved that. Mm-hmm. I loved his scrawny arm. Yeah. It's good detail. Yeah,
0: I love that whole, like, reversing the transmutation and then how they get out of that because it's like, it works so well and it makes so much sense. It's like one of those things where, like, like as the series was ongoing, you know, everyone's like, how are they going to get their bodies back? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, it's like, I never thought of that, but it makes, like, so much sense and it's, like, established, Mm -hmm. like, the fact that their, like, doors were linked to each other so that he was able able to get back after he... Sacrifices his own and just the whole idea of reversing the tr- the equivalent exchange. Mm-hmm. Well, and like the two
1: suggestions that first happened so, like Ling being like, take the Philosopher's Stone and use it, and he's like, no. And then Hohenheim, it's like, use me, and he's like, no. Like, those are mm-hmm. like some of the obvious things that you would think. And yeah. this is some of the things yeah. that I thought might be options that would be available. Mm-hmm. If you're going to sacrifice somebody, like, of course, Hohenheim could make that offer, somebody else could make yeah, that yeah. offer, right? But yeah, it yeah. is like no, no. I have a much better idea. Let me just give up mm-hmm. all of my knowledge instead. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like this is the thing that that got them where they are in the first place, mm-hmm. and he decides yeah. to give it
0: up. Yeah, and I feel like there's kind of a thread of like, like at the beginning and, and especially like relying really heavily on alchemy as like, like the one true like answer to everything, mm-hmm. and like learning that that, like you know that's not so right as the series goes on and so like Mm -hmm. he's at the point where he can just be like like no it's fine i can i'll be fine not using alchemy ever again because i have all these like great people in my life and that's what really matters Mm -hmm. and he's always been an ordinary human being (laughs) Indeed, i love that line
1: (laughs) it's also an interesting bookend because the very first um place that they visited was father cornello where he was like taking some taking you know something that he didn't have and that was like kind of the whole thing that um the homunculus gets scolded for in the end mm-hmm. so ed mm-hmm. ed going for this like you know i i mean it's it's something that every human can access but something that he like most or a lot don't it's like something going for something extra that alchemy mm-hmm. can't solve all your alchemy can't just fix all your problems and um mm-hmm. that's that also okay wait so that ties in <laughs> That ties into mm-hmm. the the end of the fight, how he defeats Father, and then also what he gives up in the end to get Al back. Mm-hmm. They're all sort of interrelated, and they all support that overall theme in the story. Yeah. It's set out the beginning and also book ended well, I think, mm-hmm. in the final yeah. fight. You mentioned um, the parallel with Cornello <laughs> during the summary, mm-hmm. too, and I was like, oh, I never thought of that. It's so great. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I was, like, so excited the first time I read, like, that panel. <laughs> I was like, he said the thing gonna... that he said before.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, there are a lot of parallels between that, like, because it was, you know, a father a priest trying to claim the the mm-hmm. power of the son, mm-hmm. and oh, wow.
1: Yeah, he said yeah. he had the power of the power of God, basically, and that that's what yeah. gave him the ability to do alchemy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is like almost the same thing. Yeah. I mean, like the Homo Kills technically actually did it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he couldn't contain it, which was. I was gonna say so for bizarre. like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. for yeah, for a couple of minutes, he was able to like make tornadoes and suns and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. then once he doesn't have the ability to control it anymore, then he starts to like, exp- have you know, a like, bub- Yeah, have a rebound yeah. <laughs> and bubble yeah. up and whatever is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean gross. Yeah, some nice body horror <laughs> with the father's oh, disintegration, oh, oh, yeah. I love the eye coming out of his mouth constantly, and then like when his body mm-hmm. like expands, like it reminded me of No Face. And you will all probably mm-hmm. the audience is also familiar at this point with the fact that I think No Face is horrifying. <laughs> so, yeah. I think I mean, we must have talked about this before at some point in in all of our but ramblings. I think, we have. <laughs> I think No Face is horrifying, and it reminded me of No Face. <laughs> That's all I've got to mm-hmm. say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's, and I love that like Ling or that I love that Greed turned him into carbon and was like breaking him up so cool mm-hmm.
2: yeah turned him yeah. into
1: brittle carbon a brutal version of carbon specifically a great attack I also like that um, the specifically at the end when he uh, Ed punches through his chest and then the shadows kind of like come out of his chest it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the god inside him is sucking him into the void it's so great also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he gets all like cracked and like bro <laughs> as he goes through yeah. the portal, as you as you said in your summary too. It's like ew <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so good. I thought it was interesting how the homunculus's doors are blank. Mm-hmm. So people with knowledge like Ed and Roy and Al, they all have something on their on their door, like something they've been sort of in pursuit of. But I guess yeah. the implication is like the homunculus has stolen power or whatever. So
0: Yeah, it's like like the truth says that like it, that he never grew and it's like it's like yeah he never really like became a person in fact right. he kept like expelling any like human emotion like,
1: into yeah. his like
0: homunculi like
1: he has like the knowledge of because it seemed like also he was like I don't want to go back there I don't want to be in person back there like he's from the void so he has some kind of mm-hmm. the monculus like has knowledge to, to create things like with alchemy basically mm-hmm. but yeah. no like wisdom in how to control it right yeah yeah
0: something like that some kind of metaphor mm-hmm. no like lived experience
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: despite being around for so long mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. But yeah i always thought that was one of the most like subtly kind of eerie details it's the completely blank doors mm-hmm. yeah it
1: is really bizarre It it is eerie also, I think your hypothesis about the Earth having its own portal and like having a little Earth-shaped truth or whatever, <laughs> is, based on this, is definitely true. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I also loved his little like, um little homunculus-shaped truth that talks to him. It mm-hmm. was <laughs> so good.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And it was like the homunculus didn't know. Uh, the homunculus was like, oh, truth is the arbiter of order, but then like, when the homunculus actually meets Truth, it's like, what are you? And he's like, I'm mm-hmm. God, and also you. It's like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love even the return know. of that speech. <laughs> so good.
0: You
2: like the what?
0: The return the of return that speech of- from Truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it is It was. It is sort of disconcerting when the homunculus shows up in front of the door and there's nothing. I don't know why. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. It's not like, I mean, I guess because we're conditioned to see something on the doors mm-hmm. from before. But yeah, it just seems very weird. And yeah. Different for no reason.
0: Yeah. It's because, like, we saw Ed's, and then a little while later we saw Al's, and then recently we saw Roy's, and so Roy's. we're like, oh, okay, this is, like, a, a, represent- a representative symbolic thing for each character, and then mm-hmm. like, the is there, and there's nothing. Yeah. You know, it's like three makes a pattern, and so his fourth breaks it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Why are
1: you cracking up?
2: It's a sign that he's truly, truly an evolved being. He has no mm-hmm. need for esoteric <laughs> bullshit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what that means right <laughs> yeah I guess <laughs> he wasn't successful in any of his schemes so I don't yeah. know I enjoyed father's last to Jeffer trying to take the stone from greed we kind of skipped around talking about this but mm-hmm. greed punches him in the, in the face and then he like gets sucked into his eye socket which is also horrifying yeah. <laughs> and great mm-hmm. but it gave uh, it gave Ed the opportunity to make his attack which was good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he told his first and last lie, mm-hmm. yeah. to Ling his boy.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: his friend of the soul. <laughs> his friend of the soul. <laughs> I think greed saying what I wanted all this time were friends like these also totally makes sense, because it fits in with his character from before, how he had his mm-hmm. like friends mm-hmm. in uh, Devil's Nest, and how yeah. devastated he was when Bradley killed them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so and was I' mean, I think in that for was... greed, too.
2: I think. Even the the killing Beto was a, a huge turning point mm. for his his new reincarnation, his new mm-hmm. inca- his new car-
1: new incarnation, <laughs> maybe reincarnation,
2: yeah,
0: his reinvention, <laughs> his new form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of been like alluded to before with the whole concept of like. Like when Greed's talking about, it, it's like this is that's another form of greed. Like it's not necessarily a like inherently bad thing. It's like,
3: mm-hmm.
0: it's like yeah, it's like he's greedy for friends.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he wants to be surrounded with by good people. Mm-hmm. I like how he like he watches the whole, like huge crowd of people like cheering on Ed, but in the end he has just like Ed laying and lawn But he's like it's enough.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was something that I noticed that a lot of people were like satisfied with their life. I think, was it just Hohenheim and, and um, Greed? Oh. I think, uh, uh Buccaneer was kind of like that, too. True. Mm-hmm. It was very satisfied. I was with... gonna say,
1: the people who died. Yeah. <laughs> Except yeah. for the homunculus, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, Scar, to a certain extent, was too, I think. hmm like yeah, he's mm-hmm. like, I've died he... multiple times. He's kind of like been reborn. He sees yeah, it as like a spiritual rebirth.
0: death rather than mm-hmm. a literal death. But yeah, I think he's finally achieved like a a state of peace with himself in the world.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed how he was like, I keep I keep not dying. Why do you keep getting yeah. me alive at the beginning of that scene? It was really funny.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and Il- Olivier continuing to like picket Roy. He's like, he's going mm-hmm. to be so cheesed when he finds out that a It's so
0: good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Like, you know, she goes from like another moment of like choosing something that's like for the best for the country and also Mm -hmm. for like her subordinates, because it's obviously like something that's important to Miles miles also. Mm -hmm. And then to like the like, (laughs) and Roy's going to be so freaked out. (laughs) (laughs) It's like those are all valid motivations. (laughs) Yes, it's
1: a great plan for multiple reasons. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Ed called Hornheim Dad for the first time. That was mm-hmm. important. Yeah, it's like we're calling him useless and saying he'll kick his ass. <laughs> it's the most I mean, Ed it was still Ed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I like how he was so satisfied with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> You're not gonna tell us?
2: <laughs> oh, uh, just between. Uh, where do you want to be on Ed's list? Between. <laughs> You're useless. I'll kick your ass, and I declare equivalent exchange.
1: <laughs> you mean like I'll give you half my life somewhere, yeah. somewhere in between? <laughs> I think they're both. I think they're both pretty high up there. Mm. I think you want to be somewhere between. It's like Ed, is, Ed is the best at expressing emotions. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll get you. I'll get you third-rate fraud or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you we're not the same at all. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely the best of expressing his emotions <laughs> I like when he's just like Why are you all like this? So- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are alchemists like this? <laughs> 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 I want to talk about that, but I think we should talk about other things first
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Oh, we we talked about this um, What was it? His speech to truth right? How he's like, I, I'm always an ordinary person I rely too much on alchemy and all that I feel like those were things that azumi um mm. expressed when you first meet her mm-hmm. I think um uh, there are like kids who
1: yeah they bring have the a broken
2: cat? a broken toy, I think, and she decides not oh. to fix it with alchemy mm-hmm. yeah
0: then but i mean I,
2: I i think it's about the same time yeah
0: mm, yeah she tells them it's the same scenes. To, it's important not to rely on alchemy for things that you can fix with your own hands and
2: mm-hmm.
3: then mm-hmm.
0: the the girl tries brings the like dead cat and she says like. Like I'm not God. I can't mm-hmm. like, fix something like this. Yeah, and yeah. she always calls
2: herself an ordinary housewife. Mm-hmm. True. Um, except the one time
0: when she was feeling she was sassy. She's sassy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, she was
0: there to fight. It was important to feel sassy. Yeah. In that time.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> get they finally out. taken. They finally taken the lessons to heart. That is what we Tried so hard to. Are <laughs> like, you them. dumb boys? Yeah. <laughs> She's like we yeah. could have avoided all this if you just listened to
1: me the first time. Well, it was already too late by the time they met. Because, well, actually, no, it's not true. Because she, she trained them, and then they tried to resurrect their mother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But they were
0: already, they'd already kind of committed to it in their minds. Yeah, they yeah. were like, we need they're someone like, to train this us. This is the best idea. We just need, we just need more alchemy knowledge.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's like in the outtake, the, <laughs> the funimation outtake,
1: where they're like i've got a great idea let's try to bring mom yeah let's try to bring back <laughs> that had me laughing for too was... long
2: that's
1: <laughs> <was> so funny <laughs> it's like contented sigh like oh, yeah. I'm try to bring mom back <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so good
2: <laughs> oh yeah yeah you're right there's I that think they... one in... and <laughs> and and the other one that i really liked was uh what if I just, what was it, like, pushed you off now and broke that new arm you got there?
3: <laughs> yeah, same, <whatever>. same
1: scene, <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck yes, Stu, of course. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, the, uh, the scene of everyone cheering it on, you know, and I'm just like, fuck him up!
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I liked the one where,
1: uh, I guess, like, Alphonse comes back and Mae's just, like, screaming, like, <laughs> in the background. <laughs> <laughs> During like the whole rest of the scene, it was <laughs> really funny.
3: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Should I put a link? I'll put a link now. Everybody's read it, so yeah, we can yeah. It, I guess I'll put a link in the description
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> to the. They were talking about the Full Alchemist Brotherhood outtakes. You won't miss mm-hmm. anything. <laughs> For Envy showing up as a dog, I was like, wasn't Envy supposed to be a horse? <laughs> I'm really confused. Yeah. Is Envy like a creepy dog in the anime? Is that what happened?
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> someone, was pro- someone was probably just like, fuck, I don't want to animate a horse. <laughs> <laughs> but a talking dog was better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a
1: horrifying death horse, like in the. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a suspicious horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh anyway.
2: my god, I just realized something. What? Father, when he is getting the shit kicked out of him. Do you notice the wounds he takes?
1: The what? The wounds?
2: The wounds. He gets stabbed through the eye, an uh-huh. arm chopped off, and a hole through his stomach. Oh. Azumi sounds lost familiar? Her <laughs> yeah, Mustang lost his eyes, and uh, Ed lost his, oh, arm. his arm. And then eventually he just loses his whole body as he goes through Well, his the... leg too,
1: because greed crumbles his leg. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Is it mm-hmm. his left mm-hmm. leg? Uh, I think it is his left leg, if you look at the <laughs> stance.
2: Yeah, yeah. Is that just a coincidence?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think they're all just <laughs> good targets, but maybe. They maybe. are, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Don't them all so vulnerable during the last fight.
2: That is also his right arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's all the same off.
1: things, like you said. Yeah. You're right.
2: I feel so smart. I'm going to pat myself on <all> the bat.
1: <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for noticing. Thank you. <laughs> I really loved the way. Speaking of bringing Ed's, Ed's arm back, I really loved the way that Al was like, "May do the thing, do it." Mm, and she's like, mm-hmm. "No," and he's like, "Do it." And then Ed is like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And then he's like, mm-hmm. "No," and then he just like does it. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is like Al's like last time going rogue. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's done that a couple of times where he's just like, "Screw you, big brother," and then like trapped pride, trapped himself with
0: pride, and like mm, did mm-hmm. a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. so i love yeah. him just being like you better win like, bye yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of great expressions in that scene so good yeah yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like i really like may like stealing herself even as she's crying and like ed like mm-hmm. slowly like looking over at the like the knives showing up and then at al and, mm-hmm. and then like mm-hmm. his expression when the arm is back <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I always love the imagery of Al fading out of the the armor too. Yeah, that soul. one's really There's nice. The eyes going yeah. out of the armor. This one is particularly mm-hmm. nice, but it's always kind of um, haunting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And also, like, really like the like how the the chest plate is destroyed, so you get the like straight look through at the like the the blood creeping seal. crack mm-hmm. toward the blood mm-hmm. seal. That adds a lot
1: of tension. I was like, oh no, yeah. that's not good. The first time <laughs> it happened, yeah. I was like, I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable with the amount of Al's armor that's exposed here. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked that much. About, we kind of mentioned Olivier, I think, but I really enjoyed Olivier and Alex sparkling at each other when they Mm-mm. were separating during the fight. <laughs> I was like, yay. They are mm-hmm. bonding, as you said. It represents the yes. bonding. <laughs> and Olivier also finally like gives in and like rests, Yeah, which mm-hmm. is good. Yeah, she's, there's like a lot almost of, like... Away.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of moments it's like, this character finally sits down. This character finally gets medical attention. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Like, Risa yeah, laying yeah. on the thing. It's like,
1: <laughs> oh, wow, they're finally treating her neck. That's good. Yeah. When mm-hmm. you... <laughs> I didn't really notice the very first panel, the first time I read through this, where you were like, and Risa's vision blurts. And I was like, oh, no, you're right. <laughs> like mm-hmm. That is that is going on. I don't know. I just kind of skimmed it and was reading mm-hmm. her dialogue for whatever reason. but
0: Yeah. I liked her and Roy <laughs> in, like, supporting each other in the, in of the battle. Because mm-hmm. they're in
3: love.
0: Mm-hmm. I like how Ling
1: is like, absolutely not. And he's like, yeah. we're like, the the flame alchemist is here. And Ling is like, we're over here, buddy. Like, no, it's not <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what happened. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, Ling is like, no. And they're like, yes. And he's like, uh, okay, fine. Yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But I did like Risa being like, okay, like a couple more degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good, and then he blocks at the last second. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, he can transmute
0: with his hand, clapping his hands. Now he can mm-hmm, do it mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny that like for his normal alchemy, it's actually a little more cumbersome because now he has to put his mm-hmm. hands together and then snap. Yeah. yeah, He can't just uh, he can't just like <laughs> point and shoot as he normally yeah.
1: does. <laughs> but then he was like, "I guess this is him, fine. Yeah, it does give him more <laughs> <Yeah>. versatility. Flexibility, <laughs> yes, yeah." He didn't have to draw a fucking circle in the ground <laughs> to yeah. do it. Yeah,
0: it's
1: like, hang on, hang on, <laughs> don't <Yeah>. tack yet. <laughs> yeah. Let me get out my chalk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I never really thought about it, but I guess he can still do that. He could. I think he anybody used the can. The stone to get his. Uh... No, I mean to. Oh, to oh, even hand, in the future, the hits. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, if he used the Philosopher's so. stone, he didn't like reverse a. His sacrifice knowledge or anything. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I wonder if Ed can get his knowledge back eventually. I mean, he probably wouldn't, but I wonder if he could. Because, like, basically, they all. I guess he gave up. What he gave up was the ability to ever access it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I see.
1: Like, totally. They're gone. gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As opposed to all people being able to access, uh, like, the power to do transmutation or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, of course. Of course, Riza and Roy are good at the end, they're always good. Mm-hmm. always codependent and always great yes <laughs> and of course they're like working together in the end Mm-hmm. where he became brigadier general or general or whatever he became general
0: He yeah mm-hmm. he was brigadier general in the like the scene with the like radio, radio. The yeah and he, like the montage photo showed him as a general mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And then Olivia became pure. I mean,
0: <laughs> hey. my head cannon.
1: <laughs> In all our head right, right, audience.
0: <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> One thing I never really took note of, uh, like the first time I went through it, is like Doctor Knox is doing doctoring again.
1: Yeah, he's doctoring. Mm-hmm. He treated patients. Yeah. His- remember he cried. That's- his, ch- yeah. his child, his son cried or whatever. Actually, his son didn't cry. His son was like, "Great, yeah. that's so great!" And then he cried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah. Right? Does,
0: he, does he say even a guy like him deserves enough happiness to drink coffee with his family?
1: I'm not crying. Mm-hmm. You're crying. <laughs> 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 I haven't forgotten. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Lanfang remembered that at the end too, mm-hmm. and that influenced yeah. what she said to Ling. I mean, Ling is like, "Whatever, sure," because yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> he feels the same way. And she's like, "What?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, I think yeah. his
2: entire philosophy as emperor was always, like, that's what he was gonna do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It was always, you know, he I was believe an that emperor, that but... yeah. yeah, I feel like so. he maybe
0: not, didn't, like, concretely think about it until, you know, yeah. this whole journey, yeah, but like, I'm fair. sure he was never like, I'm gonna punish those other families! Mm-hmm,
3: hmm mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't think
1: it would, would've been quite the power grab like it was yeah. for them, but... Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sick, now he's the emperor. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And like Alan Fon's still there guarding him. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I like their departure.
1: <laughs> They're like, peace. And Ed is yeah. like bye, yeah. I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. well, we're like lamage, we gotta go. So <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I really like it in like, caring, like yeah. any of the scenes where like the character the characters from Sheen are speaking their own language to each other. You can usually see someone some Mestrian in the background looking confused. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, Ed like, is like, 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 so you're leaving then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can see Edna looking at each
0: other at one point like, oh. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> seems dramatic, though. <laughs>
1: yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Lanfan Nelson made a request that's very dramatic. Mm-hmm. No matter what language. I like that they detained all the bad military guys that managed to survive the final battle. <laughs> and they, yeah. yeah. And they all got like punished or whatever. That was great. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, it was all these guys. All these guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're doing illicit experiments. It's like I guess you can't argue with that. So mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Bradley gets away scot free in the court of public opinion.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they only did that mm-hmm. to be nice to Mrs. Bradley, it had, but
0: you know. Yeah, I mean, it, mm-hmm. I think it was the the smartest thing to do, but at the same time, you're like, really? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. He got punished by having his arms cut off. So. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and he was sliced to death. So. <laughs> And also, I guess his father's gone. Yeah, Yeah, looking all smug. (laughs) He's like, "Well, you all made my life pretty fun," and then he died. (laughs) It's like, yeah, no punishment. (laughs) Although he wasn't—he was also technically a a foot soldier in the plan. I mean, yeah, I'm sure he did a
0: lot of work, but yeah. He, he did he horrible, s- horrific war crimes, but he was also at the same time oh. kind of a victim of father. The same as yes, a lot of people. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. That's more so what I meant. All, all yeah. our favorite heroes <laughs> did horrible war crimes. We saw mm-hmm. them yeah in a
0: flashback. Yeah, there's <laughs> lots of lots of war criminals in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: our favorite war criminals. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I guess like um, the angle that I was taking with it was father. He worked basically was given all of his identity and everything by father. So yeah, it's like in the end he mm-hmm. was almost like isn't not responsible but his death was all in service of father's plan so i guess they kind of yeah. it that story spin it that way so mm-hmm. oh and it also eliminates any guilt on riza so that also helps too i guess yeah mm-hmm. except for that other guy that other aid they were like but he was bad but not riza mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like they're kind of trying to sort of, like, leverage, like, power over him to get him on their side rather than, like, punish him the same way as the rest of them.
1: Yeah, so seems like... like.
0: That's the impression I got from the the dialogue from yeah. Rebecca.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. hmm
0: They're like, Is do they you already... want to go in the pile with the other guys? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Did I already say that? Little Little Salem was fine in the end. I think so.
2: Speaking of, hmm? I noticed Salem had a black cat with him.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't think that is anything. He's a to witch. Do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How can you tell if he's a witch?
2: <laughs> uh, his name is Salem, and he has a black cat. Well,
1: I thought oh. you were going to say he weighs less than a duck. But <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> I was going to say oh,
0: he I was gonna, He was just getting ready to start uh, Salem's delivery service. Oh <laughs> yes,
1: No, yeah, but he still has his weird little mark. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's okay. I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll be perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, well, he has good inf- a good influence now. <laughs> he also doesn't have any powers, so mm-hmm. he doesn't have horrifying shadow powers anymore. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh my God, is Kimberly still inside of him? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Somehow, I don't think K- so. was
0: <laughs> yeah. like, "This is a lot more boring since the screaming soul void went away."
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, "I gotta get out of here! God damn it!" <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah.
3: laughs>
1: I felt like Ed uh, punched through his soul void, so I assumed that yeah, Kimmie went with uh, that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think Salem was yeah. essentially reduced to like the last soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Within his body. Now he's a real boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he needs a cricket for a conscience. <laughs> yes. That was Kimberly. Oh
1: yeah, Kimberly was his conscience.
0: <laughs> Kimblee's in there going, don't avert your eyes from death. And the child's
1: like, what? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you need to find out if you're meant to survive in this world or if others are meant to survive in this world. Your mission in life should be <laughs> one of life and death Always. <laughs> Kimberly's a horrifying contents to have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I was really happy that he came back though. So good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he was fucking Kimberly to the end.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: God damn it, Kimberly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Enjoyed Grumman being outwardly tearful <laughs> and inwardly super sharp and sketchy again. Uh huh.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's his whole deal, right? Yeah. That's how he is. Mm-hmm. That's who
1: he is inside. Mm hmm. He's like, oh yeah, I'll keep I'll keep checking in. No worries. And inside he's like, I'm deeply suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I mean he should be if Kimberly's still inside that yes. <laughs> psyche. <laughs> like that Hohenheim left to go spend the last the last of his yeah. energy to be beside Trisha mm-hmm. or Trisha's grave. So mm-hmm. it was cute. Yeah. He sort of kept his
0: promise in the end. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Eh. Yeah, they they were in physical proximity in death. Yeah.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Can I make a confession?
1: Yes. Always. I think Can we judge I think you I, I you? like
2: Hohenheim more than Ling and, and Greed. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I
0: I, I, I don't just think that he's you,
2: not but... he's not in as much. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like Ling and Greed are, are you know, a little more prominent.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Hohenheim's
1: less cuckooy his... than yeah. Ling and Greed. <laughs> <laughs> Young Hohenheim was pretty cocky. Yeah, I got to see Young Hohenheim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, like yeah, his story yeah.
2: all together is just, oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: he's a It's great so character. like touching, deeply touching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you definitely start off with suspicion. Mm-hmm. At least mm-hmm. I started off with suspicion. I think everybody who's like, who is, has any kind of awareness of the fact that he's a character in FMA, if you haven't read it, then you think you would be suspicious. And then of course, because father looks like him, then you're suspicious. Yeah, but then after a while mm-hmm. it's kind of like I don't believe that he's as bad as Ed says he doesn't seem mm-hmm. that bad and then you see their like that yeah. story and I was like oh I wasn't prepared for that yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> the, with the photo where he's coming oh. in the photo it's like so oh. good it's yes. very sweet Yeah, because he was so happy to be with them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the love of his life died while he was gone and he wasn't there mm-hmm. for his sons and he regretted it yeah. he had so many regrets in his mm-hmm. life but he was able to help in the end yeah and i like the little extra with them at the end too where they're like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know we've we've raised our sons to be like proper adults and now they can go on and live their own lives or whatever Mm -hmm. it's very cute yeah Love him like enthusiastically
0: telling trisha about like Mm -hmm. like oh they have so many people who care about them and
1: And he's like and i got to shake al's hand that was Mm -hmm. really sweet
0: too I love Sick like, picking up Al and hugging him.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. Because I feel
0: like you don't like think about like his bond with the boys as much as the zoomies, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like he was like a, a parent to them in that time period also. Mm-hmm. 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 Like that. Al is like, wow,
1: physical sensations are weird when you first yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Also, yeah. I really thought the dialogue was really funny where he was like, it's like a jolt of electricity went up to my brain. It's like, that's mm-hmm. actually exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's literally <laughs> what happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. In fact, it happens all the time. It's already mm-hmm. happening. <laughs> it's happening to you right now, listener. <gasps>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, it was cute. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's so weird.
0: <laughs> I really love the, like, the scene with all the people cheering for Ed and then, like, yes. how many people are all gathered around Al, like, eager to mm-hmm. greet him. Like, there really were a lot of people waiting for them to get their bodies back. There really yeah. were.
1: Mm-hmm. Even, like, Lanfan's cheering for Ed mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. end.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love all the, like, the different ways everyone's cheering, like, mm-hmm. in their own... Like, Roy calls in full metal
1: and... Yeah, of course.
0: Backward, ...and, like... <laughs> mm-hmm. And some are just like go kid.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get him, runt. Yeah. Um, he said, like when he was like going through all the people that were there and he's like, oh, and you did this and you did that. You you like people from Sheen, you 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 have your own problems and you're worried about Al. And you, Gory, blah 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 It's like yeah. he still yes. called him, He, he so <laughs> Gory in the end. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So good. Mm. <laughs> it was really funny. Very Ed. He doesn't know how to talk about his feelings, but that's yeah. fine. <laughs> I like that in the end they resolve to try to help people who are suffering because of alchemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, man, they really won't let go of uh, Nina, mm-hmm. but
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think it's I a really good like that, that message. It's like not something that's just forgotten after. Yeah. You know, it shows up in the story as something that like haunts them for the their whole journey. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that the extra of using
1: else armor to make auto-mail also ties mm-hmm, into the same mm-hmm. thing, which is
2: yeah.
0: nice. Yeah. I love Winry, like, crying over the armor coming home safe, and, and mm-hmm. she's like, I'm crying because I'm happy, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't there, she didn't know what happened. I like how is just, like, besties with the, like, people at the, the metal. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs>
1: yeah. I'm like, melt it down, good boys. And they're like, all right, Miss Winry, or whatever the fuck they say. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened, right? <laughs> I'm going to continue to add my own editorial onto everything that happens in the story. <laughs> uh,
2: so I was looking at one of the, the things from that, and Al's holding up a, a piece of the armor. And, it's, you know, like, it wasn't long before, the, you know, this was. And I was... Um, it looked like it might have been the loincloth and I thought he was going to say, like, my pants or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think you're right. But Oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is um, Olivier, when she goes to see Bradley and, like, I don't know, that little talk that she gives about how her soldier was strong and all that. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and what she really know, was, was really sweet
2: you? and, like... <laughs> yeah
1: and then yeah, she
2: true. you know took uh the, the other people gave them priority instead of going to see Buccaneer
1: hmm
2: um she's cool
1: she is cool, she continued to be very cocky herself, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> if that's what you mean yes. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. yep. She's like a good leader till the end, yes, mm-hmm. so now we can talk about Ed Winry
2: <laughs> let's
0: do it oh,
1: it made me. It did make me mm-hmm. scream in my
0: heart. Okay. <laughs> yeah. oh, before we go, like to that part though, oh, like, I just love the scene of them coming home.
2: Yes. Oh yeah.
1: I, like, I go. I was like, "Dan, it's yeah. me!" And then mm-hmm. when he sees them and like runs out and like tackle hugs them, it's also yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like. Like, like, two page. To tell you to call!
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, she tries to oh, do yes. the thing, and then it's like, can't do the thing, and <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. the, like, the two-page yeah, spread the full of them page. hugging
0: and grinning, yes. and, and then falling to all the look ground, so happy Den still barking and... around them. <laughs> yeah, of course,
1: Yeah. because yeah. Den's a good dog.
0: Yeah. I still love how Ed like, very deliberately waves with his right
1: hand when they... <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's good. It is mm-hmm. good. Was Ed left-handed before? Or did he like. I don't think so. I
0: think he like. Because like, like when he waved goodbye. For fi- yeah, I think he like uh- had to use his left hand for like fine like motors and stuff when he mm-hmm. had his auto mail.
1: Because mm-hmm. he, when he waved goodbye to Ling and Lanfan and May, he used his left hand. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just mm-hmm. used to it, but.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we see like him as a kid riding with his right hand. I'm not 100% sure. I thought I'll so. I'd go back and check.
1: Yeah. I'd have to look. Yeah. Mm hmm.
0: But yeah, I think there's like I don't think it's ever fully stated, but I think the implication is that he had to learn to use his left hand for like finer like motor skills like writing.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it would be hard to hold a pencil with auto yeah. mm-hmm. But you can definitely strap a chainsaw on it. That's what right <laughs> <Yes. have to laughs> there. <Buccaneer. laughs> yes, there are turns. He's he like, well,
0: I'm not cute. gonna write with it. Might as well put a chainsaw.
3: That's <laughs> <laughs> well, the exact
1: opposite of writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They say the chainsaw is mightier than the pen
3: <laughs>
1: okay now can we talk about the end The scene. Yes, it. Mm-hmm. it made me happy yeah i was like i hope they don't just leap first of all i hope that their romance isn't just left which i mean it couldn't mm-hmm. possibly have been but you never know i don't know there's a lot of other stuff going on yeah but yeah i love ed's mm-hmm. um questionable proposal of being like i'll give you half my life <laughs> yeah and then when we're equally being like wait no but i'll give you all my life wait no 90 yeah. 85 What's <laughs> the right amount to give here mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. and during the summer you were like nerds which is like yeah true yeah we're mm-hmm. <laughs> just as much of a geek as he is that's mm-hmm. why they tease each mm-hmm. other <laughs> so good mm-hmm. yeah. it's very
0: cute yeah I also love his line that like like turning the law of equivalent exchange on its head is easy for you because that's like mm-hmm. what they've been like working on <laughs> yes <laughs> so to have her like unknowingly just like do the same thing that they were talking uh-huh.
3: about
0: <laughs> that's true i think that's
1: part of her characters so, to mm-hmm. give a lot so it makes yeah. sense
3: mm-hmm.
1: i like this the way that al explains it. it's like well if we if we give if we're given 10 percent, we got to give back 11 percent. And Winry's like, no, a hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, wait, no, eighty. Uh, <laughs> wait, yeah. Um, <laughs> what exactly am I agreeing to here? <laughs> but I love their hug at the end is also so sweet. hmm Where mm-hmm. they
0: like give each other a good tight squeeze. It's very good. Yeah. I love it starts with another of like Ed's little head pads that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he does a lot with Winry. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. you know that station attendant who comes to talk to her was like creeping and, and like watching the whole time and like live tweeting it he's like oh my god he's talking to her oh my god he just screamed I think it was a proposal but I can't tell <laughs>
0: It's a lot of what nerd crap you... in there I
1: guess I give you half my life meet. I don't know but I can tell from their body language that it's <laughs> romantic <laughs> <laughs>
0: I do like how Ed is like now has a habit of making dramatic declarations to Winry on train platforms <laughs> you got to
1: if you're leaving on a train you mm-hmm. have to make your, your feelings known at that moment otherwise
3: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> what are you doing yesterday we watched airplane yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know the scene where the plane's taking off and <laughs> neither is yeah. <has>, watch <laughs> and the girl's running alongside
0: <laughs> it's like that it has to be like yes. that <laughs> and the end they've got two little kiddos they had yeah. kids it's real cute <laughs> yeah is it implied yeah. that may and al get together
1: or am i just like reading between the lines in the photo
2: i,
3: I think it think definitely could do. be yeah
1: yeah yeah <laughs> she could also just be hanging out there but <laughs> <laughs> could be yeah. yeah yeah but she has a, but she has a, cr- a crush on him for so long Mm-hmm. And it turned out he was mm-hmm. sexy Alphonse in the end, after all.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Al is so dapper. All the scenes where he's like wearing oh, yeah. like, uh, like, um, like waistcoat, yes, yeah, yeah. his waistcoat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, look at that, look at Al, look yeah, at he's him. Go. Right, he is the handsome, handsome brother. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> the part where he's like, like talking about, it. he's like, I'm way more like handsome and charming than my brother. <laughs> 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 He's definitely
1: more charming. He's not yes. running. If he yeah. if he were to propose to someone, he wouldn't be like, "I'll give you half of my yeah. life." <laughs> 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 In, he would do some other awkward, nerdy, charming thing, but yeah. not that. <laughs> not scream his feelings every time he gets on a train. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> but I love how the um, like that family photo is like a deliberate parallel to so the one with Helenheim. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because Ed's
1: holding the little baby. Yeah, they're in like the
0: same, like really similar poses. Yeah. Ed's just grinning happily instead of, you know, crying from all his feelings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Crying from all his feelings.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Little chowmets in the corner, which is very important. Of course. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I like there's the a little like, outtake. Uh, yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. a little gag comic with like a giant Xiaomei behind the all.
1: <laughs> Just like little Salem, little Xiaomei grew to be a giant yes. panda in the end.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Using the powers of the Philosopher's Stone, <laughs> Ling made <laughs> Xiaomei into a giant panda in the end. <laughs> Cosmo, you lied to me. There was no romance between Ling and Lanfan that was explicit, <laughs> at least. There's love, so she's subtext. still at his side. <laughs> he called, greed called her, which was really good because I think that was the first time that greed said her name too. Actually,
3: mm-hmm.
2: mm, I think you're right. And yeah. so,
1: of course, she came right over instead of just being like, "Girl, come here." Like, mm-hmm. I think greed used mm-hmm. that to his advantage, right? Yeah, to get her attention. It's okay. In my heart, I still ship them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still ship greedling on too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we haven't talked about Scar and Miles yet. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about our conversation about Olivia and her subordinates. Yeah. From, <laughs> from a couple
0: episodes ago. <laughs> but um <She> said, yeah, <laughs> we didn't... Huh? It's like to go along with the bucket thing. It's like it's like I'm letting Miles go to Ishval. And by that she meant I love you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: <laughs>
1: My subordinate thought well. What she really meant was, I love mm-hmm. you. <laughs> 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 she continues to have a bunch of subordinates carrying around spare gloves for her for her like, <laughs> at any given time. What with her constantly being near court martial and whatnot. Yes. <laughs> scar is like, like you'd you be amazed. Get in trouble. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> like you'd be amazed the damage near court martials do to your gloves.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did like scar being like, Aren't you gonna get in trouble? And she's like, Oh, I've done way worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't even believe the things that i've done have not been court-martialed <laughs> for <before. laughs> she did also sneak a whole army into her house that was another yeah. thing mm-hmm. we listed all of her her previous <laughs> crimes that yeah. were only captured in this series because i think there was a lot just about in the that. last
0: like you know several chapters but <laughs> she implies there was stuff beforehand too definitely <laughs> uh-huh but yeah she
1: um I guess Roy, Roy was able to do what Marco asked him to do and asked to have Miles go and uh, Olivier sent him with Scar to go mm-hmm. and rebuild things in Ishval, mm-hmm. which is good. Yep. A good end. A good arc for Scar. Mm-hmm. Including yeah. his quote-unquote smile <laughs> at the <Yes>. end. <laughs> <laughs> he tried. <laughs> he, he tried. He doesn't know how to actually be happy. He doesn't know how to let himself be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is deeply motivated by uh the deep conflict within himself so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. or yeah. yeah I think maybe um, not motivated by but yeah. working with the deep conflict within himself mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think um, in a series of many great character arcs I think scar has probably the like most complete and mm-hmm. like, impressive character arc mm-hmm it's yeah. so good. I know, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any other things that I specifically want to say about these chapters um, because next I time we're going to talk about
2: a lot. O- the yeah. only thing we didn't talk about, uh, or maybe we did, was was Al and Ed visiting their uh, uh, friends. Oh yeah, all their chums. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. um I, I I don't remember if this was while we were recording or not, but we we're talking about like, um, who was it? Heinkel and Zampano. Is that who it was talking about getting their original bodies and going with Druso Al to the Antono. east? Yeah, it was Druso. okay. Yeah.
0: Michael and, and um... Darius were like, well, cool, let's just... Like, we're cool, let's join the circus. <laughs> yeah, mm, with Yogi. Right, right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Um. Oh, oh, and then there was, yeah, Uh, their new... uh, I guess law to to... That conflicts with equivalent exchange, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. we'll add one when we give it back.
2: Um, one of the things I like about that is because I, I we talked a lot in the series about science and religion, and I think it's interesting that they end with the law that we've basically stated is the law this entire series. Well, maybe it's not always true or something like that. I don't know. They They adapted and
0: mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah, I feel like um, the way it makes me kind of think of the characters like uh, up in Briggs where they have like the survival of the fittest idea and you have these people come in with the like really like weird interpretations of survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. it's been kind of the same thing with equivalent exchange where like it's like it's a law for like the physical reality of the world but that doesn't mean mm-hmm. it has to be a law for like human interaction where a lot of characters treat mm-hmm. it yeah, that way. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there are a lot of times <laughs> there are a lot of times the characters will be like it's an equivalent exchange talking about like you know, making deals with people and stuff
1: like that. So. Yeah. Or even, like, Scar's whole initial motivation was all, like, they took my, you know, they killed my people, so I'm going to kill them mm-hmm. for vengeance. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of another... He doesn't describe it that way, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's...
0: I feel like yeah. it's kind of framed that way.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Which also is a nice little comparison where, like, Winry kind of demonstrated the ability to break that cycle and mm-hmm. then uh, you have her, you know, the little thing where it's, like, turning the law of a exchange on its head <laughs> is easy for you with her at the end. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, like, you know, she's never really thought that
1: way. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: It's also related to, like, Scar's kind of deal of, like, his his sort of, like, his brother talked about putting positivity into the universe. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more like that
2: mm-hmm. related mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. that idea.
1: Mm-hmm. Do it, giving. Yeah. You, can, you are able, you're able to give more good than what you take Away from yeah. the universe, I think that's kind of like mm-hmm. the message at the end, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. As opposed to everything being fair, like Ed earlier a couple of chapters ago was like, "Well, like if the like taking all these things isn't fair, like then the truth isn't fair. Like it's mm-hmm. not it's yeah. not equivalent exchange, right? Yeah." Arakawa has a really interesting approach to exploring like themes. Mm-hmm. Like there's so mm-hmm. many things that you can kind of like connect to
3: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: things that are like not explicit
0: but totally makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I've been like sort of like vaguely trying to like gather an idea of like themes of the story for next week's discussion. I'm like, there's so many. <laughs> there's it's gonna so be a many. It's going to be a challenging discussion because mm-hmm. there are yeah. a lot of little things that all kind of like add up to the bigger yeah. idea of the story. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Big themes and little themes and like recurring elements that aren't quite themes. but
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I don't even mm-hmm. know if there's like one big central idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's, like, a couple really big strong themes, but, like, yeah. I don't know oh, if there's,
0: mm like sure. one. Mm-hmm. I think that there, there's one I would maybe pick, but I think you could make an argument for other ones. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe. there's
1: also something, that mm-hmm. I feel like there's also, like, a theme that I could pick as, like, mm-hmm. what I would say is, or feel like is a central theme, but, yeah. <coughs> Spoilers for next time. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, my God, we only have one more left.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, only one what more. what am I going
2: to do with myself?
1: We're gonna have to do our next thing.
2: Yeah, but that's gonna take a while to get set up. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, or we can just wing it.
0: So <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's like, it's like you'll just have to reread Full Metal Alchemist in the meantime.
1: Yeah, well, in the meantime, goodness,
0: I'm not
2: opposed. <laughs>
1: so I'd I like to start you. reading other manga. Have you become addicted to manga mm-hmm. now? Because now you read more manga instead of watching more anime.
2: Um, not yet, but <laughs> I haven't. I haven't read anything else yet. I've been just reading this. Mm-hmm but I'm going to try and pick something up soon. Um, I'll go through that.
0: Well, maybe we should just start another podcast.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, I enjoy the ability like for manga compared to anime like to just kind of like linger on a, a page or panel and like
2: yeah, yeah, really that is like, very observe nice. all the
0: details and everything, especially in a series like mm-hmm. this. Yes.
1: Yeah. I don't know what it is. I, I just feel like artistry. I just... <laughs> yeah, I just prefer manga more. There's something about like sometimes the way that anime things get translated from manga to anime. It's like, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: like obviously they're different medium, but even sometimes just like little things sort of make it.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't know, different. Yeah. I feel like on some level, it's like anime is always expected to reach a wider audience. And so it's sort of targeted Mm -hmm. at a wider audience sometimes. Mm,
2: That makes sense.
0: It does kind of feel like, yeah. So, like sometimes, the like sometimes some complexities get smoothed out in the translation, mm-hmm. or just Not like always, the way but... things mm-hmm. like the way things
1: happen, it, the way they become physical, like animated in the physicality of the motion, relies on anime tropes more mm-hmm. because yeah. they're animated. Like, I don't really know how to describe it. I'm just specifically thinking of some of the things that bothered me about the new First Basket anime, like when um, Kyo like flung Toru across the lake during the yeah. <laughs> during the uh I I don't know how to describe this without Mm -hmm. (laughs) spoiling it yeah (laughs) everybody who's seen it knows what I'm talking about so that's fine (laughs) but yeah it's like yeah it's it would it wasn't like that in the in the manga nor nor would action like that be shown like that in manga I feel like in general right yes you can only fit so much in a panel and that's sort of like even in a series like Fullmetal Alchemist where things are like clearly not in reality, it still has like a very kind of like real feeling sometimes. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. how to describe mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Whereas anime yeah, it's is like... sometimes like, things are crazy because mm-hmm. we can animate yeah. it. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: yeah not like, only it's very, like, like that, that's like a grounded. generalization.
0: Yeah. But... Like I think Fullmetal Alchemist is very like grounded in its own universe, which isn't necessarily mm-hmm. like ours, but.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has its own rules. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, not not all not all anime is like that. Like mm-hmm. I think a, a good example of that is like Cowboy Bebop where it's like it takes place in space, mm-hmm. but nothing is crazy. But yeah, it's in yeah. space. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever. But I haven't read the Cowboy Bebop manga, so maybe or I don't yeah. even know if there's a Cowboy Bebop manga. There must be, but maybe it's mm-hmm.
0: maybe the anime
1: sucks. So I don't know.
0: <laughs> For it example. Might actually be an original I'm not hundred percent sure I don't
1: know I've never thought about it before mm-hmm. to be honest, but it's no an I do that think I like. there's some
0: there's some anime that are like original anime and I sometimes think they work better like fully coolie like, yeah fully Cooly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure
1: fully coolie was uh anime first there is a manga but I'm about yeah there's like a manga adaptation sure. of the anime <laughs> yeah and that's weird it's really weird
0: mm-hmm. but
1: the like have you looked at it it's very different looking at least from my brief recollection from a long time ago but like the anime itself is like very i don't know anyway this could be a much much longer discussion but yeah yeah i don't know i just like reading manga sometimes more i
0: like it because it like it makes me focus more like on the thing because i'm i'm really good at getting distracted when i'm watching something (laughs) (laughs) Where it'll take me like four hours to watch an hour and a half movie because I keep like pausing and going and doing something. And,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, nowadays I watch in Japanese mostly, so like I just I don't get it's impossible to be distracted for me because mm-hmm. yeah. I have to stare at it. Well, it's well like, one of the things uh, for me is, is when I have something else <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, that's different.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, with sub- and even with English things, I'll like focus, at some point I'll just be reading the dialogue and not paying as much attention to, like, what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And I catch myself, I'm like, oh, I'm not, like, what are they doing? What Am I missing some good visual stimulation? Mm-hmm. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, because you gotta read.
1: Because yeah. you gotta stare mm-hmm. at the, the subtitles.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I often mix mix things up when I hear things. So having the, the subtitles to reinforce what I'm hearing mm-hmm. really helps me. Um, but then I focus on the Hey, it sucks, because then like, I hear the punchline, or I read the punchline before I hear it sometimes mm-hmm. for jokes and things. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, yeah, I might miss some things going on on screen that are, you know, important or very entertaining. So. Mm.
1: But, yeah. All mediums have their trade-offs, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed the FMA manga. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. a manga. It's good. Yeah. yeah it's really good.
2: Wow. I was so sad. Like, this ending... Everything was wrapped up. It was very satisfying. Mm-hmm. I have Just... no
1: questions. I have no questions yeah. about yeah. what happened to anybody. Mm-hmm. Or, like, is everybody going to be okay? Like, I know they're going to be okay. They all yeah. are showing people especially... who won't, but, you know. <laughs> is yeah, won't. <laughs> I was going to say, especially Yoki in the circus, but, yes. <laughs> I mean, Yoki will never be okay because he longs for something he can never have, which is, like, fame and respect. power or whatever. <laughs> yeah, respect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 100 percent
0: yeah it's a really just a really satisfying ending like <laughs> mm-hmm. it is
1: and
2: like you said it was very nice spending so much time on the aftermath
1: mm-hmm. yeah like most of the most of this volume is all like extras and aftermath yeah mm-hmm. and probably the end of the battle that couldn't fit in the pages in the other <laughs> chapters before yeah. basically yeah
0: because <laughs> yeah, like father's sucked into the portal just to a handful of pages into that last chapter, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The rest is all settling. They things had to after. get
1: Al back. Yeah, they had to get um, no greed, greed. I mean,
0: greed, like, greed got sucked out during the fight. Yeah, right before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. get Al back, and then everyone find each other on the battlefield, and everybody mm-hmm. high five. Everyone's yeah, everyone <laughs> Give each other a hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clean up, get
1: medical, get the medical attention they yes. desperately need. For example, <laughs> indeed, and then like kind of just the brief like story as as they told it uh, mm-hmm. over the radio. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then the rest is all like what they did after and how Ed doesn't doesn't really seem to miss alchemy even though he can't he has to climb up on the roof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I love that panel too of him like looking over the so, so nice the scenery.
1: I don't even mm-hmm. know why. I don't know why I like it. There's there's nothing particularly sort of like profound in it. It's just like appreciating the world as it mm-hmm. is and not needing to be constructing everything all the mm-hmm. time or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's it kind of interesting and a nice pause in the flow of things in the mm-hmm.
0: that part of the story. I also just appreciate the, you know, our car managing to make this like, you know, scene of a farm town from a rooftop looks so like stunning and
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and like black and white Mm -hmm. and yeah i don't know what it is about it it's very like platonic Mm -hmm. (laughs) so something very pleasant about it and like everything's gonna be okay you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. these
0: boys are so big they grew up so good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) just looking at them like standing on the rooftop i'm like oh look at you you're like grown people now
1: they're all mm-hmm. so tall, so tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: and Ed
1: with his long hair. hmm Just like young Hohenheim.
3: Yeah. Say mm-hmm. a
0: ponytail because he doesn't mind it looking the same as his father's anymore. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that not made me laugh so much the first time when, when I was like, Oh, our hair is the same and he like aggressively braids his <laughs> hair and yeah. smiles back
3: at
0: him
1: <laughs> 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 Well, I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any last thoughts before next time?
2: Tell us what we're reading next time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're reading your questions, listeners. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. yeah. <laughs> we will read your questions.
1: Send mm-hmm. them in. Mm-hmm. I'll post reminders on our things, all our things.
2: And one more time, tell me where we post those questions at.
1: Uh, um... <laughs> 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 our Twitter is EquivXPod. You can add us or you can send us a direct message. Our Tumblr is also at EquivXPod. You can ask us questions on Tumblr, you can send an email to equivexpod at gmail.com, and you can also send uh, questions to our, our website contact form, which is com slash contact. Professional-like. brava. Trying to, fighting through the asthma, <laughs> so <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we will. we we'll yeah. those.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we made it, guys. We made it we all did the way it. through *Full Metal Alchemist*. Oh, so yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And, and don't be we'll sad. Be
1: our... We'll be around yeah. after mm-hmm. for something with something else. Yeah, we'll do something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll do something. Still, we're still working it out, but it'll be something. <laughs> it'll be something, and it'll be Zelda. We know that for sure. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. Anyway, we'll hear and talk about that next time a little bit. Mm-hmm. We don't know much more than that, but we can talk about it next time. Yep. So, yeah.
0: So, yeah, next time will be our finale episode, kind of. Thoughts on the whole series, answer your questions. But until then, thank you all for listening. We will see you next time. All
2: okay, right. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.
0: Bye bye.
2: Yeah, I took charge. I know what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Guessed? My beautiful wife made me a smoothie
1: cool. <laughs> Exciting
2: Yeah, Also, that's how I break the news We're married now
1: Are you really? Congratulations
2: <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> You're like, by we're married, I mean me and the smoothie yeah.
1: <laughs> Should we leave you alone with the smoothie? <laughs> <laughs>
2: no We like it public
0: <laughs> Someone needs a towel over his head
1: <laughs> it's Cosm. Yes. It's <laughs>
0: like, so quit squawking, Cosm. <laughs> I know you're excited Sorry, about the smoothie. Is... I know, it's just so
2: good. <laughs> she made it so well. I don't know what she It's better than when I make it. It's <laughs> Jalassic.
1: It's drugs <I> think when... <laughs> it's, all the... it's all the horse uh, dewormer. Yeah. <laughs> just loaded it with ivermectin. <laughs> 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 I think it food just tastes better when somebody else makes it for you. I think that's how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she made it with love and deworm. <laughs> Cosm's like, I like my worms. <laughs> it's like we have an arrangement. Things are good. Yeah. yeah. Come here. Come on.
0: Good boy. What are you doing that you wore.
1: Are you complimenting Cosm again?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's very fluffy. <laughs>